Hi, everybody. This is Scott George, and welcome to uh, Pine Castle United Methodist Church, our weekly uh, internet uh, service. We want to welcome you. Thank you so much for being with us, and we're, you are getting ready uh, to experience a wonderful uh, few moments in God's presence uh, and in the world. Word. You know, it could be the best 30 minutes of your day or week. So I look forward to uh, worshiping with you. Uh, our, our worship leader, Bruce and Lisa and Aaron, are going to lead us in some wonderful worship. And I'm going to come back in a few minutes and uh, I'm going to open up the word. Today we're talking about the wonderful hymn written by Charles Wesley, Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. It's really going to be good. We're going to talk about the power of worship. So I encourage you right now as we begin to uh, just worship, engage, get your family, get everybody together, and let's spend the next few moments uh, worshiping and honoring God. And I'll come back in just a few minutes. God bless you. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the PC live stream from Pine Castle United Methodist Church. My name is Jim Poling, and, and I come bearing some good news this morning. Next week at this time, we're going to be meeting in person. Yes, indeed, in-person worship on September the 13th at 10.30 a.m. at the Sanctuary. If you don't remember where that is, at 731 Fairlane Avenue. Better put it in your GPS. It's been a while, I know. So we're going to have some more details about our in-person worship here in just a few moments. For today, we have a great time of worship in store. A few words for the kids. And, of course, Pastor Scott will have a terrific message. Our PC share for this week. The purpose of worship is not to fixate on your problems, but to focus on God's greatness. We want you to be a positive social influencer for Christ, so take that phrase and post it to your social media accounts. Don't forget to tag Pinecastle UMC on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter. A few announcements this morning. The PC Kids will continue the midweek time together over Zoom through the fall session. This will be for children in 1st through 6th grade. It starts this Wednesday, September 9th, and continues each Wednesday through November 18th. They'll meet each week from 4 to 5 p.m. The theme will be the fruit of the Spirit, and during your time together, we'll be discovering what it means to have all the fruit of the Spirit in your lives and what each aspect of the fruit is. The Zoom session will consist of a Bible lesson, an activity you can do together, and also some games. Parents, for your children to attend, make sure you sign them up on the church website under Ministries. If you have any questions, contact Sandra Lear at PCKidsMinistry at PinecastleUMC.org. The Florida Conference is being held virtually this year in two parts on Saturday, September 12th and 19th, beginning at 9 a.m. If you want to watch, you can go to FLUMC.org AC and follow the prompts. Our dear Charlotte Yates will be acknowledged during the memorial service at 3 p.m. on the 19th. Please pray for all the proceedings and the 1,600 clergy and lay delegates that will be conducting the annual business in this unique format. And finally, join us on Saturday, September the 26th for a national and global day of prayer. We need to return to God by coming before His presence in humility and sincerity and prayer and repentance. There will be a live event on the National Mall in Washington, D.C., and we'll be watching that live telecast in our chapel that day from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Join us anytime throughout the day for the viewing of that live telecast. Well, like I said, we are going to be meeting in person next week on the 13th. Now, if you're not comfortable uh, coming back yet, that's fine, too. We're going to continue our online worship just as we have been. But if you want to come back, we're going to be open next Sunday for 1030. But it's going to look a little bit different than it did before we started this whole pandemic nonsense. So we did a little video here just to kind of show you how it's all going to work. Ah, yes. Welcome back to In-Person Church. As we return to gathering in person this weekend, let's talk about what to expect from the time you arrive to the time you leave. Here comes someone now. The service starts at 10.30. The doors will open 40 minutes early for our seniors and for those at most risk, and 15 minutes prior to the service for our general public. Beautiful job parking your vehicle. We ask that you stay in your vehicle until we open the church doors and that you do not congregate in the lobby or hallways before or after the services. Ah, look, they're opening the doors. It's time to get out of your vehicle. Well, that's Dave. Hey, Dave, welcome back. And you brought your face mask. Good job, Dave. 
need to wear that mask the whole time. You'll also need to stop at the kiosk and check in before you enter through the front doors. Look, it's Kathy. Kathy will check you in. We ask that you bring your own mask, but if you don't have one, we do have a few available. Uh-oh, it looks like Dave didn't go to our website and reserve a spot in advance. That's okay, Dave. Everyone is welcome. We aren't turning anyone away, but seating in the sanctuary will be limited to 25% of our normal capacity. We have the balcony and overflow room so we can give as many people as possible the opportunity to worship in person while still following social distancing guidelines. It's possible that some individuals or families may not be able to attend in their preferred location. Kathy sees there's still room in the sanctuary, so an usher will escort Dave to a seat. And here's an usher now. Hi, Phil. Thank you for showing Dave to his seat. Dave is happy to see Phil. How about a handshake? Hey, wait, that's not social distancing. Dave is so excited to be with his church family, and he's feeling so good. And to keep feeling good, he'll need to follow certain precautions. You know, because coronavirus. Dave is about to see some people he hasn't seen in a long time. Let's talk about how to greet each other and how not to. There's Melody. Melody, how about a hug? No, 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 that's not social distancing. Wait, Melody is holding a sign. Ah, that was a beautiful air hug. And how about a shoe bump if you absolutely positively must touch each other? Good job, Dave. You kept your friend's well-being your top priority. You'll find hand sanitizer stations readily available. While Dave sanitizes his hands, let's cover a couple of other details. For your safety, to keep a social distance, we're asking that restrooms be limited to one person at a time. Water fountains are a no-go, so feel free to bring your own resealable water bottle. Our fellowship hall is designated an overflow room. Choose a seating arrangement that works for you or your family. We have chairs set up in rows of six for families of five to six people. We have rows of four, rows of three, and rows of two. If you're by yourself, please choose a two-seat section, or individuals could sit on each end of a six-seat section. Let's get back to Dave. His hands should be nice and clean by now. We're ready to find a seat. As you enter the sanctuary, you'll notice we've blocked off every other pew to provide more social distance between families and individuals. The ushers will escort you to sit as close up front as you can. After you've selected a pew, maintain social distance of six feet and spread out unless seated with members of your own household. The setup will be similar in the balcony and the overflow rooms. Now let's talk about worship. During our time of worship, our worship team will remove their masks while on stage, but we ask that you keep your masks on while singing. the safety of your friends top priority. Now let's talk about giving. Instead of passing the plate, there will be silver buckets in the lobby as you exit. We also still offer a safe and easy way to give by going to our website and giving online. Dave sure is pressing a lot of buttons. At the end of our service, the ushers will dismiss you row by row, starting from the back rows first to maintain a healthy social distance. Now it's your turn, Dave. Your patience is appreciated. Oh, and there's that silver bucket to drop off your tithes, gifts, and offerings. Dave is doing a great job of exiting the building, promptly practicing his new greeting and goodbye skills, and utilizing the sanitizer stations. Thank you, Dave, and thank you, Pinecastle Church, for watching. Now we have the skills and knowledge to make this Sunday a safe and fun Sunday. For more details, go to our website at pinecastleumc.com. Our church is singing out, come let us worship. Come let us worship our King. Come let us bow at His feet. 
has done great things See what a Savior has done See how his love overcomes He has done great things He has done great things Oh, hero of heaven You conquered the grave captain break every chain oh god you have done great things we dance in your freedom waking alive jesus our savior name lifted i own god you have done great things See, you've been faithful. You've been faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. You have done great things. And I know you will do it again. For your promise is yes and amen. You have done great things. have done great things oh oh you of heaven conquered and grave you freed every captain break every chain oh God you have done great things we dance in your freedom waking alive oh Jesus our Savior name lifted I oh God have done great things. I'll sing hallelujah. In hallelujah, God, above it all, hallelujah. Unshakable, hallelujah, you have done great things. And hallelujah, God, above it all, hallelujah, God. Unshakable, hallelujah, God, you've done great things. Single hero. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You freed every captive, break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken alive. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted I Oh, God, you have done great things. Have done great things. So faithful 
Today we're starting a new series on worship. Many people think that worship is just going to church and singing to God. But it's so much more than that. Psalms 86:12 says, Lord my God, I will praise you with all of my heart. I will bring glory to you forever. Worship 
is us telling God that we love him, sharing with him how much we care about him. Worship is taking what we feel on the inside and showing him on the outside. Worship isn't a chore and it should not be treated as a chore. Worship is a privilege. We should want to go spend time with God. It's important to know there's no wrong way or right way to worship as long as we do worship. One thing I know about you guys is that you love chocolate. And when I pull out a bag of Hershey's Kisses, I can get you to do just about anything I need you to do. You'll listen, you'll participate, and you will even sometimes ask me if we can play a game so you can win some of the Hershey's Kisses. Well, that's what we call a reward or even a bribe. Sometimes that's how we treat God. We go to him and worship, wanting a reward in the end. And there's nothing wrong with asking God to bless you because he wants to. But we go to God and worship so that we can express to him how much we love him. We don't go to him for the reward. We also need to make sure we don't only worship when life is good and we're happy. We also need to worship when it's a really bad day because that's when you're really gonna feel his presence, when you need him. When I think about worship and focusing on God, I see that he comes down to meet us. We might worship with our hands up. We might worship on our knees. We might worship in praise and dancing, but however we do it, he is going to meet us in that place. Because when you're sharing with him how much you love him, he wants to be with you and let you love on him and he will love on you in return. I have a picture I wanna share with you. And before you see it, I wanna explain it. It is a little girl sitting next to her daddy. And it's very simple, it's a very simple picture. Their thing at that time in life was that they would give bunny kisses. Well, she is sitting next to him, just looking at him. And he meets her at her level to give her a nose bunny kiss. I see God doing that. We're sitting there and he comes and sits right next to us and bends down to where we are and meets us in a special way. It might not be a bunny kiss, but he's gonna meet us where we are and gently love on us back. He's our heavenly father and he wants to do that. Remember, worship is about our relationship. Worship is not about the reward. Worship is not a chore. It is something that we should long to do. Psalms 86, 12. Lord, my God, I will praise you with all of my heart. Let's praise him with everything we have. Let's worship him with all of our heart. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that we can meet with you in a place of worship, that we can love on you with our words and our actions, and you will meet us there to love on us back. Help us to not only worship you in good times, but to worship you when we're having a bad day too. Thank you, God, that you love me so much that you want to have that relationship with me and help these children understand how much you want to have that relationship with them. Thank you and praise you, God, for who you are.
we will glorify you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Kids, another way we worship is through our tithes and our offerings. And now we're going to send it off to Pastor John, who's going to share it with us about why we do tithes and offerings. I actually will get to see you in person next week. But until then, have fun and worship God. Good morning. It's good to see you, and I'm glad you tuned in today. It won't be long before we meet back together at the church building. Why do you go to church anyway? I have to ask myself, why do I go to church? Why do I participate now on the website or iPhone, iPad, doing church that way? Why do I do that? And I have to answer plainly, I want to worship the Lord. Worship defined as simply the feeling or expression of reverence and adoration for a deity, or in our case, God. Reverence and adoration, that's the noun, the verb definition is this. Worship is showing our reverence and adoration by rites or by acts. We show it. I think of the New Testament, the wise men, when they came and bowed down before the baby Jesus and worshipped with gifts, expensive gifts, and they laid them before the Lord way back then. And then in Proverbs, we have this about blessings overflowing, Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. I like that. Barns overflowing and vats filled to the brim with new wine. That's why every Sunday we take time to give our gifts, tithes, and offerings to the Lord, and this is our act of worship. It's the way we do it. That's why I always say it's time for the offering. Let us pray. God, thank you. We don't ask for anything from you today, but we offer ourselves, our tithes, our offerings as love gifts. And we pray that as you receive them, you know you have our bodies, our minds, and our souls. Receive our love gifts as we give these tithes, gifts, and offerings. In the name of your Son, Jesus, our Savior and Lord, we pray. Amen. Hi everybody, this is uh, Pastor Scott George. I hope you're uh, doing well. I wanted just to give you uh, some exciting news that has taken place over the past uh, few uh, months as we have been uh, in isolation. And I've got some great news. Uh, we are gonna be meeting in person very, very quickly. We're gonna make that announcement uh, next week. But uh, when you come back on campus, you are gonna see a number of improvements that have taken place over the past few months. And I want to thank um, some saints that have gone on before us that have made this all possible. We want to thank uh, Keith Taylor, Ursula Cruel, and Bob Marshall for their estate in making it possible for us to have uh, brand new technology. Um, almost the entire campus has been painted on the inside and it looks spectacular. We want to thank Tom and Shirley Radowski for overseeing this. It is amazing and you're going to see just uh, uh, on this video, um, of course we got brand new roof and AC for our children's department 
and throughout our whole campus. So um, just take a look at all the great improvements that have taken place over the past few months. And we want to thank all of the, uh, the givers and the, uh, the members of Pinecastle for making this possible. We especially want to thank Keith Taylor, Ursula Cruel, and Bob Marshall for their generosity. We pray God's blessing upon them. Uh, may they rest in peace knowing that uh, our church is uh, beautiful and it's glorifying God. So take a look at these photos and these videos and celebrate and get ready because when we come back together, it's going to be a brand new, a beautiful sanctuary where we can worship God together. God bless you. Thank you. What a great time of worship we've spent uh, together in God's presence. And I so enjoy uh, our entire staff for their uh, dedication. As many of you know, uh, we're starting back our in-person worship on uh, September 13th. So next week, we're going to be live in person and we're going to continue our online services. So uh, I want to encourage you to uh, worship at whatever level you're comfortable with. We'll be online uh, at 10.30 as always, and we'll also be at 10.30 uh, in our worship uh, sanctuary. And our sanctuary has been repainted and everything looks phenomenal. Uh, we got a brand new roof on the Children's uh, Center and AC and painting throughout. And so you're really gonna be happy to see and worship uh, together. Most importantly, we'll be delighted to come together and worship and, and sense God's nearness and his goodness and his presence. Today, we're talking about hymns, hymns for help, hope, and healing. Now, as many of you know, uh, this is a year-long series that started in January, and it was started started out of uh, uh, what was taking place in my life and my heart as we were dealing with, as a family, a tragedy with our son, Austin. And for uh, almost uh, 50 days, uh, I uh, was just consumed with the hymns of the church. Uh, I was just so desperate for uh, reality. I was so desperate for God's touch. I was so desperate for his presence and his healing virtue. And um, I was able to discover that in the hymns. And I don't understand it. It was really, can't plan it, but uh, it, was, it was so beautiful just to every morning as we're fighting the fight of faith to tap into the beautiful hymns of the church that gave me hope and healing and help. And so because of that, I was birthed out of uh, this year-long series. And I can't tell you how many people have enjoyed and made comments uh, about this series and how um, the hymns are just speaking to them and helping them and uh, uplifting them and uh, giving them strong biblical theology that helps us to navigate through a very difficult season that we have all experienced. So today we're looking at uh, the hymn, Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing, written by Charles Wesley. Now, that's kind of a, a little bit odd, maybe to some people, uh, the title, Oh, for a Thousand Tongues to Sing. Basically, what Charles Wesley was saying was, if I had a thousand tongues, this is what I would do with my body and worship to God. If I had a thousand tongues to sing, I would sing God's praise. And so he was really talking about focus and worship. And, and, and if he had a thousand tongues, this is what he would express in gratitude 
to uh, our Heavenly Father. So it was written by Charles Wesley. By the way, Charles Wesley is the brother of John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist uh, movement. And um, he was one of 17, he had 18 in the family children, and he was one of uh, he was uh, he was one of eighteen, which means he didn't get to eat a lot, which means there wasn't a whole lot of food to eat. So he was focused on so many other things, and I'm so glad that he did. You know what's interesting? Uh, historians tell us that he wrote over sixty five hundred hymns. Now that's a lot of songwriting. He was eighty one when he died, and if he started writing at twenty, he was cranking out two or three hymns a week, you'd have to, to come up with 6,500 hymns. What an amazing gift. And even though this was written in the 1700s, here we are in 2020, and this song is still speaking, it's still ministering to people. I want to encourage uh, some of you watching right now. There's a gift in you, and it's lying dormant, and the enemy would just love to keep that gift hid. You know, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. The enemy would love to 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 just keep that talent uh, hid, but thank God for John West, John Wesley, and Charles Wesley that they said, you know, we're going to use the gift of God that was within us, and he wrote 6,500 hymns. And in my darkest moment at Jackson South, Miami, when my son was in a coma for 40 days, a song that was written in the 1700s spoke life and hope, and help, and purpose, and destiny, and focus. And it was because Charles Wesley was obedient, and he allowed God to use him. Listen, you don't have to start at 20. You can be 80 to be used by God. And whatever age you are, whatever gift God has placed within you, use it to the fullest. Don't hide it under a bushel. And I'm glad that, that, that Charles Wesley used the beautiful gift of God that was in him to pen over 6,500 hymns. And we're looking at this one today. It's really going to be uh, a, uh, this whole month of September, we're going to be focusing on worship. So we're going to be talking about the power of worship and what worship does. And so this is the first one in September. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. You know, if you had a thousand tongues, what would you sing about? Uh, I mean, you wouldn't be singing about country music or pop or jazz. Uh, you wouldn't necessarily use your, your vocal cords and your tongues to sing the praise of University of Florida or University of Central Florida or Florida State or whatever your pro football team, whatever your passion is. Uh, Charles Wesley reminded us, if you had a thousand tongues to sing, sing the praises of God. And that's what it's all about. So we're going to look at that today. I want you to take your Bible and go to Acts chapter 16. And we're going to look at uh, a story in the New Testament of two people that understood the power of praise. They understood the power of worship. Now, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read a portion of it. But here's a story. Paul and Silas, the Bible says that they were on their way to prayer. They were, they were just minding their own business. They were doing the right thing. And they were on their way, way to church. They were on the way to Pine Castle. They were on their way to, to prayer time. And a, a demon-possessed girl attacks them and starts saying, these men are sons of the Most High. And, and she was confronting them and she was a fortune teller and she was making a lot of money doing this. And Paul and Silas just simply just quickly prayed for her and the demon came out of her and, and, and the, the men and the ladies who were making all the money on this, profiting from this, they got upset and they threw Paul and Silas in jail. Uh, and here they are, just two men just minding their own business, doing what they know to do being used by God, and they get up thrown in prison. And look what it says in Acts chapter 16 and verse um, 25. If you're with me, say amen. So, so verse 22 says, And the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrate ordered them to be stripped and beaten. And after they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. I love that. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened them with their feet in stocks. Now, verse 25, about midnight. Oh, I love that. Just when it was dark, just when it was the darkest of the dark, about midnight, the Bible says that, that, that Paul and Silas were praying, and watch this, and they were singing hymns to God. Isn't that amazing? 
they couldn't sleep in their darkest moment. And there's some of you watching here today, you've had a tough time this week and you can't sleep and you're rolling and you're tossing and turning and you're, you're unable to focus and you're just consumed with what's going on in your life and in your heart and in your family and in your ministry. And in the darkest moment, the Bible says that Paul and Silas, they started, watch this. They didn't get it. They didn't get on Facebook. They didn't spend time on social media. They didn't spend time talking to their friends and complaining about what was going on. The Bible says that about midnight, Paul and Silas, they started to sing, watch this, hymns. So it says, they started to sing hymns of worship and praise to God. When Charles Wesley wrote, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, it was a powerful song that reminded us, us of the power of worship. And Paul and Silas were in their darkest moments and they made the decision that they were going to start singing and they were going to start praising God. Can I tell you something? When you make that choice and that decision, when you're so desperate and you are so dark, you have nowhere else to turn. The best thing you can do is worship. That's what I did for 40 days. I was in Austin's ICU room. I was in the waiting room. I was just, just saturating my spirit with hymns of the church. And this one came along. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, and it lifted my spirits. This is interesting. Paul, his name means a, uh, a small, small in stature. Silas, his name means wood. Now watch this. You take a small piece of wood, Paul and Silas, and you add the element of worship as they were doing, and suddenly, watch this, a small piece of wood turns in to a miracle. You see, you take what you have, and it may be small, and it may be just, just a small piece of wood, but when you take that piece of wood, Paul, small, Silas, wood, when you take that and combine that with the power of worship, beautiful things begin to happen. And here we are in Acts chapter 16. It says, they started to sing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, I like that, there was a violent earthquake and the foundations of the prisons were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. At their darkest moment, Paul and Silas started to worship. And it says that the other prisoners were listening. Can I tell you something? People are watching you. People are observing you. People are looking at you. And your worship not only affects you, but it affects the people around you. And if you choose not to worship, that decision is going to make an impact on other people. Because the Bible says that when Paul and Silas started to pray, they started to worship, they started to sing hymns, they started to sing the hymn, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. The Bible says that everyone was listening, and at once, suddenly, out of nowhere. You see, your worship, your praise goes before you and it opens doors. It sets people free. It sets you free. When you worship, your worship is not about you. It's about the greatness of God. And when you start focusing on God instead of your problems, your worship is a powerful force that goes out ahead of you and begins to make things happen. And the Bible says that suddenly. Now, it just didn't happen suddenly because they had already saturated that atmosphere with worship. And the Bible says that suddenly, man, an earthquake took place. Watch this. And all, everyone say all with me. All the prison doors were open and everyone's chains came off. What does that mean? That means that when you worship as a dad, when you worship as a mom, when you worship as a family, when you worship as a grandma and a grandpa, your family, the people around you, they are impacted and affected. And when good things happen to you, good things happen to them. When you saturate your culture with worship, not only are you changed, but people around you are changed. There's people that are near you that they may not get a breakthrough if not for your worship. Your sons and daughters may not come to Jesus, 
unless you make the choice to start worshiping. You may not get out of your financial situation until your husband or your wife begins to worship. And then when you begin to worship, the focus is off of you and it's on God and great things happen. And everyone receives a blessing when we create a culture of worship. I want to encourage you to, 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 to be like Charles Wesley. And if you had a thousand tongues, you're going to sing of his praise and sing of his glory. You're going to sing of his, of his worth. And, and you're going to be freed. And you're going to be loosed. And so are the people around you. People are counting on you to live a life of worship. People are in bondage. And they're going to be freed when you begin to worship and sing. Great things happen when you and I choose to worship God. And so we're going to look at this hymn now. And I've got, I've got five points just real quickly that I want to talk to you about. And each one of the five points is based on each one of the five verses in this beautiful hymn. And so uh, here's number one. If you had a thousand tongues to sing, the first thing you would do is you would sing of his unconditional grace. There it is, point number one. If you were going to sing about anything, you would sing about his unconditional grace towards you. Look at verse one. It says, oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, my great redeemer's praise, the glories of my God and King, the triumphs of his grace. See, the first thing you would sing about if you had a thousand tongues is you would sing about God's grace. That's what Charles Wesley said. It's not what Scott George says. This is what Charles Wesley says. He says, if you're going to sing with a thousand tongues, you're going to sing about God's grace. Can I remind you in, in John chapter one, verse 14, it says that Jesus was full of grace. I love that. The Bible tells us to grow in grace in 2 Peter 3, 18. It says in 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7, to excel in grace. And in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, it says that we may be informed or aware of the riches of God's grace. God is rich in mercy and he's rich in grace. And the first thing that you and I should sing about if we had a thousand tongues is we should sing about his unconditional grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. Would you just stop for a moment and think about how great God's grace is in your life? Think about what you were like before you got saved. Think about what your life was like before you met Christ. Think about what you were like before you experienced the beautiful mercy and grace of God. And if you had a thousand tongues to sing, the first thing you would do is say, God, thank you that I don't get what I deserve. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your goodness. Your grace is amazing. I'm going to sing of the triumphs of your grace. God's grace triumph over your failure and your sin and your weaknesses and your inadequacies. His grace triumph. And when you recognize that, the first thing you're going to sing about when you have a thousand tongues is you're going to sing about the greatness and the goodness of God, his unconditional grace that is expressed to you through his son, Jesus Christ. Sing about his grace. And if you've been forgiven of much, then you need to forgive much. Now, see, you can't, with a thousand tongues, sing about how great God's grace is, and thank you for that, and then not be full of grace towards other people. I find sometimes that, that they're, they're, they're Christians have a tough time forgiving. They have a tough time living in mercy. They have a tough time living by grace. There's somebody watching here today, and, and, and you have experienced a tremendous amount of God's grace. God's grace has triumphed in your life, and yet you're failing to pass it on to other people. You're hoarding. You're hanging on to it. Your garage is stuffed full of God's grace and you're not giving it away. See, I think John, Charles Wesley would say to us, if you had a thousand tongues to sing, sing about how great his grace is 
and live in that grace, grow in that grace, excel in that grace, receive the riches of his grace, and then give that grace away. There's somebody in your life that needs to experience the grace of God, and you are going to be the vessel. As you sing about how great his grace is, God's going to use you to walk and to express that grace in other people. Do that today. Number two, if you were to have a thousand tongues to sing, you would sing about his unconditional grace. And then number two, you would sing about his unmatched name. His unmatched name. Look what Charles Wesley said. My gracious master and my God, assist me to proclaim, to spread throughout all the earth, the honors of your name. You see, God is not only rich in, in grace, but he has a name that is unmatched. Now, think about some of the names in our culture today. LeBron James, Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Bill Gates, um, Serena Williams. The athletes, movie stars, businessmen and women, and they all got great names, great reputations. Well, some of them. But there's not a, a, a bigger more powerful, more influential name than the name of Jesus Christ. And Charles Wesley said, help me to spread throughout all the earth abroad the honors of your name. Jesus, the name of Jesus, is a name that is unmatched. He is the name above all names. In fact, go to, go to Philippians uh, in the New Testament, Philippians chapter 2. And let me just let me just read this to you. This is a uh, scripture that talks about the beautiful name of Jesus. Philippians chapter two and verse verse nine. Let's look at that together. Philippians chapter two, verse nine. This is talking about Jesus. Your your attitude should be the same with Jesus Christ, who being in the very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being formed in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. His name is unmatched. It is unequal. There is not a name. And so worship now helps us to take our focus off of our name and onto his name. His name is great. His name is unmatched. He's victorious. He's the conqueror. He's the mighty God. He's the king of glory. And so now when you begin to join with Charles Wesley and you begin to add your tongue to the thousands of tongues, suddenly you begin to worship the name that is above every name. In your darkest moment, you are not going to call on the name of the president to help you. You are not going to call on the name of the governor of the state to help you. You are not going to call on the name of the mayor in your city. You're not going to do it. You're going to call upon that name that is above every name, the unmatched name of Jesus Christ. Call on his name today. Charles Wesley would tell you, use your tongue. It may be just one tongue, but use it to glorify and magnify the unmatched name of Jesus. Can I get an amen? Number three, his unconditional grace, his unmatched nature, a name, and the number three, his unending benefits. Oh, I like that. Verse three, Charles Wesley says, Jesus, the name that charms our fears, that bids our sorrows cease, tis music in the sinner's ear, tis life and health and peace. Charles Wesley says, if you had a thousand tongues, you would sing about his unending benefits. Well, what are the benefits that he has? Just in, in, in verse three, he says, number one, he's the name, Jesus is a name that charms our fears. What's your greatest fear today? Whatever it is, Jesus, the beautiful name of Jesus will charm every fear. It, it, it bids our sorrows to cease. Number three, it's music in the sinner's ears. Number four, tis life and health and peace. You know what Charles Wesley would say to us today? He would say, church, don't forget the unending benefits 
that Jesus Christ offers us. They are unending. He is rich in grace. He's rich in mercy. And his benefits are unending. It's, it's a name that charms our fears. It makes our sorrows cease. It's music in, in our ears. It's life and health and peace. Unending benefits. Go to Psalm 103 real quick. Let me read this to you. Psalm 103. And listen to the unending benefits of the Lord. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. Oh, just like Charles Wesley. Here's David saying, Pine Castle, praise the Lord. Pine Castle, be like Paul and Silas. Pine Castle, be that small piece of wood that, that begins to worship and great things are going to happen. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. And all my innermost being, praise your holy name. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Who forgives your sins, heals your diseases, redeems your life from the pit, and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. You see, when you focus on the benefits of God, good things begin to happen, and you begin to remind yourself how great he is. Many of you receive benefits at work. You get medical, you get uh, dental, you get vision, and those are all beautiful, and we need them, and we're grateful for them. But can I tell you something? God's got better benefits than the world offers. Charles Russell says, he charms your fears. He bids your sorrows to cease. It's music in the sinner's ear. It's life and health and peace. Sing about the unending benefits of Jesus Christ. Number four, we got to go. Charles Wesley says, he breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood avails for me. What I like about this is, is his unequal freedom. You are free. And because you are free, you can worship God with a thousand tongues. You can sing about the fact that you are free. You were once ensnared. You were once in sin. You were once in bondage. But you are free and you're free indeed. And because of that, you can worship him and focus on him and tell him how great he is. Because you were once ensnared, but now you are are free and free indeed. Go to Psalm 124. We're right there. We're in 103. Go to Psalm 124 real quick. And let me read this to you very quickly. Psalm 124, verse 7. In fact, let's go to verse 1. Psalm 24, verse 1. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when men attacked us, when their anger flared against us, they would have swallowed us alive. The flood would have engulfed us, the torrent would have swept us away. The raging waters would have swept us under. But praise be to God, who's not let us be torn apart by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird out of the fowler snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. You and I experience unequaled freedom. Our help is in the name of the Lord. And that's why if we had a thousand songs, to, tongues to sing, we would sing of his great Redeemer's praise because we are free. Thank God for his unequaled freedom that we have through Jesus Christ. And then number five, this is it. His unlimited worth. If you were to sing with a thousand tongues, you would sing of his unlimited worth. Look what Charles Wesley says. To God be all glory, praise and love, be now and ever given by saints below and saints above, the church in earth and heaven. Oh, I like that. As I was just reading that, by the saints below and the saints above, I was reminded that, watch this, all my life I've worshiped with my parents. I'm 57 years old. And all my life, all I know is mom and dad and Chris and I worshiping together as a family. Well, many of you know my father passed away this summer, my mom two, two years ago. And when I just read that, I was reminded, to God be all the glory, praise and love, be now and ever given by saints below and saints above. You know what? I am still worshiping 
with my mom and my dad. We are worshiping together and we are declaring his unlimited worth. You know, the Bible says there is a cloud of witnesses in heaven and they're cheering us on and they're looking down on you. Your, your parents, your loved ones, your husband, your wife, they're in heaven and they're looking down. And you know what we are doing together? We are worshiping the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, because his name is unlimited in worth. Saints below and saints above are all doing one thing, and we're worshiping God together. Think about that. That's powerful. You're singing, you're worshiping, and when you're worshiping, those that have gone on before are worshiping as well. Just like Paul and Silas. We're worshiping together, and we're declaring how great his name is. I pray that this month, that you will be inspired to worship like never before, to, to take your focus off of you and to put it on God. I pray this month that you will worship with a mouthful. Now, yeah, now you just heard me say that. Now, as growing up, we were told by our parents not to, not to speak with our mouth full. And I'm telling you as your pastor, in the month of, this, of September, I want you to worship with a mouthful. Now, I'm not talking about a mouthful of food. I'm talking about I want you to worship with a mouthful of gratitude, a mouthful of thanksgiving, a mouthful of praise, a mouthful of gratitude, a mouthful of love. I want you to spend September focusing on God and worshiping with your mouthful. You've got so much to be thankful for. Instead of focusing on what you don't have, instead of focusing on what hasn't happened, instead of focusing on what you wish is going to happen, just focus on Jesus. I'm sure Paul and Silas, I'm sure when they were in prison, they just said, you know what? It, it can't get any worse. And we're in prison and we're in the inner cell and we're locked and it's dark and it's cold and we're hungry. And by the way, they had been already had been beaten, severely flogged, and they were in a rough position. And they just made the decision, I'm going to worship. Oh, if I had a thousand tongues to sing, I would sing about God's grace. I would sing about his nature. I would sing about his benefits. I would sing about his freedom that we have in Jesus. And I would sing about his worth. And when you begin to do that, suddenly chains are going to fall off. And things are going to begin to happen because you focus on Christ and you focused on him and his goodness. And suddenly your eyes are off of you and they're on him, and he is great. Next week, we're going to look at some of the benefits of what take place when you and I worship. And the Bible's filled with wonderful examples of what can take place when you and I worship. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing. What a beautiful hymn. Thank you so much for uh, worshiping with us today. I want, to, I want to pray for you, and I want to pray that this week will be a week of worship. It's a Sunday morning. It's the first day of the week you got seven days, and I pray that you'll focus and be uh, fixed on Christ and his goodness because he's a great God. And he's full of power. He's full of might. And impossible things can happen when you get together with someone like Silas. You and Paul get together and worship. So let me pray for you. Father, thank you for the power of worship. God, I pray today that we will tap into this beautiful power that's available, that we can join with heaven and earth and we can focus on you and your goodness, take our eyes off of ourselves and put them on you. You're a big God. God, I pray today that, 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 that we will look not at our problems, not at our circumstances, but we will look beyond you and see a big God. We'll look beyond our problems and we'll see you and you'll help us to Get the victory through Jesus Christ. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As I was just praying, God reminded me of the story. I'm going to close here real quick. Uh, of David and Goliath. You know, there was the Israelite army went before and they heard Goliath. By the way, Goliath, his name means to strip. He would strip courage from the soldiers with his words. 
He would use words to strip them of their confidence, to strip them of their might, to strip them of their courage, to strip them of their vision. And professional soldiers went out and they came back fearful. They came back scared. They came back uh, not wanting to face him. And the Bible says they ran in fear. But David, little David, the shepherd boy, and I've been in this field. In fact, I've taken some of you to Pine Castle. We've been in this very field, and, we, and, and it's amazing. There's cliffs on each side, and you're in the valley. And those of you that were with me, we used to step down, and we each took a stone out of that valley. That's what David did. He took five smooth stones. But here's what I want to leave with you today. David had the ability that the other soldiers didn't have. David had the ability, watch this, of looking beyond Goliath, the one who strips, of looking beyond the giant. See, because David was a giant. David was the giant that killed Goliath. And he was a giant because he was able to look beyond Goliath and his words and see a big God. And if I were you, I would not focus on your problems or your fears or your worries. I would focus on God who is big and greatly to be praised. And as you focus on him and not look at your Goliath, you'll get the victory. Victory is coming for you today if you'll live a life of worship and join with Charles Wesley and say, Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing, my great Redeemer's praise is available for you today. God bless you. We'll see you next week. See ya.